Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? you got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay. Let's get down to it. So this podcast episode has been a long time coming. Uh, I've kept you guys waiting for it. I do apologize. And I'll explain why it took me so long to kind of get to this episode. So if you've been listening to the podcast lately, you know a while back I talked about my top six drummers, my top six bassists. Then I threw in there, kind of just for fun, like my top eight fictional bands of all time. And all that time I was sort of teasing saying, well, don't worry, you know, I'm going to get to my top guitarists. So here it is. Now, you know, if I'm going to talk about top guitarists, I can't do it in a list of six or eight or ten. So today you're going to be getting my top 20 guitarists of all time, I guess. Now, like I said, these are my top 20. So, of course, some of the people on here, some of the people that I've left off, you know, you might agree with, you might disagree with, and that's absolutely fine. Again, like I said, pretty much with the bassist and the and the drum list and even, you know, my fictional bands, this is a very subjective list. I mean, I think that a lot of the people that I have on here would appear on some people's top 5, top 10, top 20, at least top 50. And, you know, I really think if there's going to be surprises, it might be surprises in who I left off the list or kind of where I put some people. Now, having said all that, the reason that it took me a while to get this podcast out there is I did make a list of 20 guitarists and, you know, I ranked them from number 20 to number one. And then I looked at the list and I wasn't happy with the order. I will say that from number 11 to number 20, that really didn't change. You know, I might have tweaked it once or twice. It's my top 10 that I tweaked. Now, nobody from the top 10 fell into the bottom 10. Nobody from the bottom 10 jumped up to the top 10. That division pretty much stayed the way it was. Where I really ran into some issues actually was really kind of settling on the top 10, really more specifically the top five. So I would kind of make some changes to my top five. I would look at the list, I would say, okay, I'm happy. I would come back in a day or two and say, guess what? I'm not happy. So this list, more specifically the top five, went through a lot of changes and reorders and whatnot. And I finally came up with a definitive top 20. I held onto the list for a good week. I would check it every once in a while. And I said, you know what? This is it. This is my top 20. So without further ado, here is my top 20 guitarists of all time. Okay, so like I did with kind of the bassists and the drummers, and I think I'm going to do it more so here with the guitarists, uh, I'm not really going to kind of focus on, you know, technique and, and get very technical with it. I mean, I'll talk about that a little bit. I'm really going to kind of talk about why I like these guitarists and kind of why I rank them where they are, really kind of based more on my personal feelings, really kind of more than anything, I guess. And I think that that kind of goes true with, you know, when, when people look at top musicians or really just top anything. Yeah, you're going to kind of look at the performance, but it's also the feeling. I mean, I think the feeling and you know, maybe in cases with musicians, you know, if these musicians inspired you, I mean, that's definitely going to have an influence on you. So just again, really, really brief, 
Yeah, I picked up the guitar at the age of six, probably put it down at the age of seven, picked it up again in high school, played all throughout high school and college, really kind of learning from other people, taking lessons here or there, trying to teach myself. And once I started working, kind of put it down, dabbled in it once in a while. And very recently, uh, within the last year, year and a half, I've picked it up again. Uh, and actually, I'm also, like I said, on my top six basis, I'm trying to teach myself bass. So yeah, I got a little bit of guitar experience. And yeah, some of these guitarists on here influenced me, either influenced me to pick up the guitar or to pick it up once again. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. All right, so the guitar is coming in at number 20. Uh, I talked about his band when I was talking about my top six bassists. Now, this was a guy that I heard in high school, kind of headed towards college. And again, this was the time when I decided to once again really pick up the guitar and, and have some fun with it. And this guy was really one of the reasons um, that I did kind of pick it back up again because, you know, just watching him play with like this fierce intensity and just just making an incredible sound, it really did kind of inspire me to pick up a guitar again. And of course, I'm talking about Vernon Reed from Living Color. So really what I like about Vernon is, like I said, I think he's very, very experimental. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying, eh, he's kind of like a modern modern day Jimi Hendrix. No, but he is kind of along that vein. I mean, he definitely used a lot of, uh, he used a lot of techniques. He used a lot of, I don't want to say tricks, you know, but he definitely used a lot of technology, um, you know, with feedback and pickups and things like that to kind of influence his sound. But one of the things that I like is, when you hear him, you know, playing with Living Color, yeah, they're like a rock, hard rock, kind of bordering on heavy metal band. The thing is, is, you know, especially in kind of researching this list, I actually found a lot of his solo work that came out after Living Color, and it is really very, I don't want to say very different, but it's definitely different than what he did in Living Color. And, you know, it's clear that this guy was influenced by a lot of people. And he says it himself, you know, he was influenced, of course, by Jimi Hendrix. I mean, who who really hasn't been influenced by Jimi Hendrix? Jimmy Page, Eddie Van Halen, but he's also influenced by, you know, the musical stylings of like a Miles Davis and a John Coltrane. And you could really, really hear that in his solo work. And that's something, if you're not really familiar with it, I would definitely encourage you to do, you know, go on a Spotify or a Pandora or something and search for Vernon Reed and you'll definitely hear, you know, a lot of his solo work. And I mean, I really, really enjoyed it and hopefully you will too. And that's why he is my number 20. Okay, coming in at number 19 is a guitarist that I'm going to be quite honest, I had never really heard of before, and it was my daughter Cassie that actually kind of turned me on to this guy. And really what I did is I just said to her, hey, who do you think the best guitarist is right now? And she dropped this guy's name, and I had no idea who she was talking about. She played some of his music. He's a total instrumentalist, and I was like, wow, this guy is really, really good. Coming in at number 19 is a Chica Nito.
Now, I'm sure a lot of people out there are probably not familiar with him at all. He pretty much got his start, like some musicians nowadays, on the internet with a YouTube channel, which has since exploded, and he has had he has an amazing career in Japan, both as a soloist and working with different musical projects. And the reason that I really like the Chica is that he doesn't rely on a lot of technology. I mean, he's a lot of people say that he's kind of like 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 a throwback to the guitarists of old, where you know they had a guitar, they had an amp, and that was about it. You know, he, he has a lot of complex melodies and harmonies. They, they actually kind of refer to his his music and his playing as sort of like mathematical or geometric because it's these complex melodies that are just kind of woven together. And, you know, at first when you hear it, it's kind of he speeds up, he slows down. He's he almost sounds like a little bit like he's all over the place. But if you really, really listen to it, it makes a lot of sense. And like I said, he doesn't rely on on pedals, pickups, things like that. You know, he is just a straight up guitar player. I would definitely, you know, suggest you go on YouTube and you just look for his YouTube channel and just watch him play. He is absolutely amazing. And this is why he comes in at number 19. Okay, so coming in at number 18 is a guitarist that I think a lot of people, you know, they probably know the name. They definitely know the band. But don't really give this guy a lot of credit. Um, I mean, I think he is a phenomenal guitarist. He's a very unique guitarist where a lot of guys on this list are going to be what we would call shredders. You know, they just shred that guitar. They play the heck out of it. He's more into harmonies and orchestral kind of guitar work. And of course, I'm talking about Brian May from Queen. And like I said, I think everybody kind of knows, I mean, everybody knows Queen, or most people know Queen, I should say. And I think a lot of people, if you know Queen, you know who Brian May is. And, you know, some people might think he might be a little bit more famous for being like an astrophysicist, I believe. He's actually Professor or Dr. Brian May. Very, very smart guy. Um, but if you listen to him, if you listen to his music, you know, just just the way he arranges his his guitar playing from, you know, the rhythm, you know, the rhythm guitar that he plays to the solos. The thing is, is, you know, he's not your classic quote unquote shredder on guitar, but a lot of guys that are shredders really look up to him really like i said for the way he kind of arranges his 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 instrumental work his harmonies his solos it's just beautiful and i mean it definitely fits in with what you know they wanted to do with queen with just kind of really turning music up on its ears and just really kind of challenging some of the norms and some of the conventional ways of making rock and roll and his like i said his guitar playing definitely fits with it and this is why he comes in at number 18. okay number 17 and let's just get into a little bit of controversy here i think this is going to be a guy that people are going to say he absolutely deserves to be on a top 20 list and i think a lot of people are also going to say this guy does not deserve to be on a top 20 list you know, unlike a Brian May or an Achika Nito, I mean, this guy is totally, totally unconventional. He uses a lot of crazy techniques. He uses a lot of crazy effects. He actually has a kill switch on his guitar to turn it on and off to create unique
unique tones. And I'm talking about Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. And like I said, you know, I think when you hear the fact that I put Tom Morello on my list, I mean, again, you know, he causes controversy. I mean, of course, obviously, he causes controversy for his political views. I mean, he's a very, very outspoken man. Uh, Rage Against the Machine is definitely a very political and outspoken band. But I think, you know, a lot of people really kind of question where does this guy rank, you know, amongst guitarists, you know, technique wise. And the thing is, is yeah, maybe he's not as technically good as a lot of the guys on this list. But I think the fact is, and he kind of said it himself, he's like, look, there's a lot of great guitarists out there that did a lot of great stuff. You know, how am I going to separate myself? How am I going to make myself unique? How am I going to make myself better? And he did it through unconventional playing. I mean, from the way he sets up his guitar with not cutting the tops of his strings when he, you know, wires them in to holding it very, very high to pretty much playing it in a lot of unique and different ways with tapping and hammering. Um, and like I said, the use of effects, uh, the use of a kill switch on his guitar, you know, he's, he's not your classic guitarist, but I think the fact that he is so unique and he is so unconventional and I, I mean, not for nothing. I just, I love the sound. I absolutely love the sound with rage against the machine and with his solo work and with his collaboration. I think he does a really good job. And that's why this guy comes in at number 17. All right, we are up to number 16. Now, up to this point, all these guys have been lead guitarists. This guy is a rhythm guitarist, but definitely deserves to be on this list because to me, he is one of the best. He's not the best. This guy's coming up later, but he's one of the best rhythm guitarists I, I think is out there. And I'm talking about Scott Ian from Anthrax. Now, the reason I put Scott on this list is, like I said, when you listen to Anthrax, you know, they just have this really hard thrash sound, and the backbone of it, I really feel, comes from Scott Ian and his just heavy, heavy rhythm guitar. Um, Kind of looking up a little bit about what makes Scott Ian so unique is they say that he really relies on heavy downstrokes, and it's just, you know the speed at which he plays with and the speed at which he does that it's it's from what i've been reading it's kind of a difficult technique and he's really kind of mastered it and like i said any any anthrax song you hear any anthrax album track see him in concert you know that that feeling that you get listening to them that's coming from scotty and that's coming from his playing i mean he's just he's the face of the band 
And I think he's probably one of the pioneers when it comes to sort of like thrash metal. And this is why he is on my list at number 16. So with number 15, we are going old school. And I kind of struggled with this pick. I wanted to rate him higher. I definitely feel he deserves to be in the top 20. And the thing is, is look, if it wasn't for this guy, I don't think a lot of these guitarists would be here because while he might not have directly, directly influenced a lot of the people on this list, he definitely influenced some who went on to influence others and so on and so forth. And at number 15 is Chuck Berry. To me, this guy's the king of rock and roll guitar. Um, you know, you want to talk about an innovator. Really, up to this point, with rock and roll and rhythm and blues, the guitar really wasn't featured. If if, if anything, it was it was the drums. It was a lot of rhythm and blues bands had actually horn sections, and that was what was featured. Chuck kind of like, you know, he just went unconventional, and he was like, "No, we are putting the guitar front and center." If you listen to any of his songs, they always start off with a killer guitar riff that he kind of repeats throughout the song. It's like he lets you know what's coming, and that's some kick-ass guitar playing. Look. From the songs that he does, from his solos, from his presence on stage, doing the duck walk and everything like that, you can't tell me that this guy has not been influential in the world of guitars. And like I said, while he might not have directly influenced some of the guys on this list, definitely did influence some who did go on to influence a lot of these other guys. I mean, this guy is the godfather. He's the grandfather of rock and roll guitar, and this is why he comes in at number 15. All right, we're up to number 14, and heck, let's just put another controversial pick up here. And again, you know, pretty much like with Tom Morello, this pick is going to be one where people are going to be like, totally deserves to be on your list, totally deserves not to be on your list. You know, this is a guitarist that I think people love or hate for whatever reasons, you know, saying that, hey, he's one of the best guitarists out there, or no, nah, this guy doesn't even deserve to be in the top 20 or top 50. And I'm sure right now some people, are, when I say who it is, are going to say, why is he ranked so low on your list? Or why is he even on your list to begin with? I really like the guy. I heard him in high school. He was one of the ones, along with Vernon Reed, that kind of like inspired me to pick up a guitar again. And coming at number 14 is Slash. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, just kind of hit me with it here. I mean, like I said, a lot of people, you know, will agree with me and a lot of people will also disagree with me. They'll say that, you know, he's all hype and, you know, he's not as good as people make him out to be. And I think that's why I put him down at number 14, because when you really listen to him, I mean, he's a good player. Is he a great player? Is he a phenomenal player? No, he's a good player. But I think that's also kind of his strength. He does a lot of blues-inspired riffs, and he kind of makes them makes them his own. Sorry, by doing string bends, by doing hammer-ons. But I think what's really great about Slash is if you really, really listen to his stuff, you know, his solo stuff, his stuff with GNR. Slash knows what he can do, 
And he doesn't try to go beyond that. You know, he knows his limitations. He knows his strengths. He plays to his strengths. He stays away from his limitations. He doesn't try to do too much. He does just enough. And I think that's why he definitely deserves to be on a lot of people's top 20 lists. Again, is this guy a top 10 guitarist? Well, I put him at number 14. And I would be very surprised to find him on some top 10 lists, although I did. Again, good guitarist, not a great guitarist, but look... I love his sound. I love his playing. And yeah, not for nothing. I mean, I thought he had a great look too. I was a big fan of Guns N' Roses when they first came out. And this is why this guy is number 14 on my list. Moving right along to number 13. This is a, good, this is a guy that some people, when I say, might be like, who? Why is he on here? This is a guitarist list. Why are you putting this guy here at number 13? He's a totally underrated guitarist. And again, kind of like Slash. I mean, is this guy a phenomenal guitarist? No. Is he a great guitarist? Eh, maybe. He's definitely a very good and solid guitarist. And I think the reason I put him on here is, is because he is just so underrated. And I'm talking about Prince. <laughs> Prince, you know, to me, Prince is one of these musicians that we get once in a millennium, maybe, where great singer, great stage performer, great songwriter, and he's also a great musician. You know, he is a very good guitarist. He actually can play multiple instruments. He could do orchestration. I mean, he was really kind of a renaissance man, and I think the fact that well, I mean, let's face it, he was weird. I think that's what kind of turned a lot of people off to Prince and why a lot of people would are kind of shaking their heads like, why are you putting this guy on your list? If you kind of want to know what Prince is all about, what I would suggest is look look up for um, on YouTube, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I don't know what year it was, but it was a tribute to George Harrison where all these guitarists got on stage. Now, granted, he had time to practice. They did rehearse it. This wasn't unscripted at all. But all these phenomenal guitarists are on stage and they let Prince take lead. I mean, he solos during While My, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And kind of like some of the other people I've talked about, you know, he knows what he could do. He knows what he can't do. And yes, the guy's very flamboyant. You know, he is a total showman. But when he's doing this solo for While My Guitar Gently Weeps, he doesn't overdo it. He doesn't underdo it. He does it just right. He puts that little bit of Prince flair into it, but totally does it as a tribute to George Harrison. And listen to some of his other music, too. I mean, he really can crank on the guitar, and I totally believe that's why he deserves to be in at number 13. Alrighty, number 12. So remember way back when, when I talked about Scott Ian and I said, there's another rhythm guitarist on this list. And as good as Scott Ian was, this guy is the best. Well, here he is at number 12. I'm just going to get right into it. James Hetfield of Metallica. <laughs>
Now, look, say what you want about Metallica. I did back on my uh, top six bassist list when I talk about Cliff Burton. Love him or hate him. And back in the day, I used to love these guys. Then the whole uh, Napster thing came up and, you know, their testimony and pretty much pretty much their behavior now with licensing their music and whatnot. I mean, one of their concerts was streamed over Twitch and it's like, you know, if you weren't there watching it and even if you, you know, I, I, I don't know how they arranged this, but basically there was a lot of people that saw Metallica on Twitch with really crappy music dubbed over it because Metallica's like, you don't pay us, you don't get to hear us, end of story. Forget all about that. James Hetfield is the master rhythm guitarist. He is what... You know, when Metallica came out, they weren't heavy metal. These guys were speed metal. They were thrash metal. They were hardcore metal. And he was the pioneer of like that rhythm section. And again, when you look at Metallica as a whole, and I'm talking about the original lineup with Cliff Burton, Kirk Hammett, James Hetfield, and Lars Ulrich, it was Cliff Burton and James Hetfield that was the backbone of that band. Kirk Hammett, he's an okay guitarist. I was actually going to put the two of them together on this, but I really, really thought about it. I think James Hetfield actually blows Kirk Hammett away. Um, if Kirk Hammett wasn't a member of this band, I think Metallica would have been just fine without him. I'm sorry to say. Good guitarist, not a great guitarist. Don't get me started on Lars Ulrich on drums, okay? Just just don't get me started on this guy. Uh, I don't like him. Never met the guy personally, but I just don't like him. I don't like what he stands for. I just, I just don't like Lars Ulrich, but... I don't think he's a good drummer. You know, I, I, if, if a musician is good, even if I don't like the band, even if I don't like them as a person, I will admit it and say, I think this person's a good musician. Lars is not a good drummer. He's a chaotic drummer, but not in a good way. Like I said early on, if, if, and actually really all the way through, if it wasn't for the fact that from, um, from Cliff Burton to, you know, all the way up to the present, if they didn't have very strong bass players and if they didn't have James Hetfield, Lars's drumming would totally ruin Metallica. And I'm sorry I went on a rant. We're here to talk about James Hetfield. But like I said, just like Scott Ian, this guy's a master of downpicking. I mean, this guy hammers away on his guitar. He has such speed and ferocity, but he also has a lot of precision and technique. Like I said, I've recently picked up the guitar again. I looked at some tab notes for Metallica songs, uh, specifically for, you know, the rhythm part. And I'm like, oh, God, no, I mm -mm, can't handle it. I mean, this is some complex stuff. And James makes it look so easy. And the sound is just incredible. And this is why James Hetfield comes in at number 12. All right, we are almost at the top 10. We are at the number 11 spot. Now, this guy comes from a band that has a history of having a lot of great guitarists, but I feel that this guy stands head and shoulders above the rest, and that's Dave Murray from Iron Maiden. <laughs> He's 
been there since the beginning. Yeah, there was a little hiatus where he had a little disagreement. He stepped away, but he came back. He's pretty much their original lead guitarist. Now, Iron Maiden was a band that actually kind of utilized two lead guitarists, but Dave was definitely always the best out of all of them. Smooth player, fast player. You know, he uses speed and control to really tell a story with his riffs and with his solos. I mean, he's in a way kind of like how Brian May was great at like orchestrating his guitar work in a way Dave Murray is kind of the same but you know it's with the speed and precision and just you know incredible technique incredible riffs I mean just listen to any Iron Maiden song and you know look when it comes to metal I mean I grew up listening to metal Iron Maiden was a band that I liked were they one of my favorite bands one of my top bands Eh, kind of and it's strange because, you know, from Bruce Dickinson all the way through, they, they've really had some talented musicians. And I think way back when, when I actually did like my top five uh, male vocalists, you know, Bruce Dickinson is on there. I mean, guy's got a phenomenal voice. But like I said earlier, I may not really like a band or like a musician personally, but I will admit when they're good. And the thing is, is Dave Murray is just one of the best metal guitarists that ever was. And you're going to hear some guys on this list that do rank higher than him. But I feel he definitely is one of the best. And I think perhaps the reason why I ranked him a little bit lower than some of the others is just the fact that I wasn't really the biggest Maiden fan out there. And that might have hurt him, but he still comes in at number 11. All right, we are at the top 10. Now, like I said, the top 10 is where I really, really struggled to kind of, you know, find a really, really good order. But here it is. Here are my top 10 guitarists. Alrighty, coming in at number 10. I mean, I I don't know how else to talk this guy up other than to say that he is the king. I, of course, am talking about legendary blues guitarist B.B. King. I mean, B.B. King, I remember growing up, my parents had a pretty eclectic record collection. And my dad actually had a lot of his recordings. And I just remember hearing this very sad and soulful voice, this very melancholy, you know, guitar playing. And I was like, what am I listening to? This is incredible. I mean, B.B. King is just smooth, soulful. Uh, the way he uses vibrato when he plays, uh, I mean, it just sends chills down your spine. I mean, if you really want to know what the blues is all about, just listen to B.B. King. Listen to a B.B. King record. Listen to any record, any B.B. King song. You will know what the blues is. And I think he really, really kind of communicates that feel through his guitar, Lucille. It's just absolutely amazing. He is the king, and he comes in at number 10. Coming in at number nine is a guitarist from a band that I I discovered kind of later on. I had heard his name. I had heard of the band. I had heard clips here and there. Wasn't really my thing, but a lot of guys talked this guy up, and they were saying, he's one of the greatest guitarists out there. He's one of the greatest guitarists out there. I never really listened to their music. I really didn't know. But when I did this list, I was like, I got to give this guy a chance. 
I listened, I loved, and I'm talking about Dimebag Daryl Abbott from Pantera. Why I didn't listen to these guys early on, I'll never know. Maybe because, I don't know, I was just listening to so much at the time and they kind of slipped under the radar for me. I really don't know. But, I mean, this guy, he's fast. He plays fast. He plays heavy. He plays hard. He plays with passion. He plays with fire. I mean, it's just a raw, brutal sound. But you can definitely hear a lot of technique and precision in the way he plays. Um, tragically, his life was cut short. He was taken way too soon. I mean, he would still be around today and who knows what kind of music he would be producing, but I definitely feel that I really wish I had listened to this guy a lot sooner because he's great. And he's why he comes in at number nine. All right. We're up to number eight. And again, I think this is going to be a bit of a controversial pick because I feel a lot of people are going to hear the name and say, nope, you got to rank this guy much, much higher. And coming in at number eight is a guy, like I said, he's kind of influenced just about everybody. And that's Jimi Hendrix. Here I come. Now, one thing I will definitely say about Jimi Hendrix is, is at the time when he came out in the late 60s, he was highly, highly innovative. You know, he used effects, he used distortion, he used feedback. I mean, this guy was totally innovative. He was totally out there. He was doing things that other guitarists weren't doing. He definitely inspired people down the line to just really be creative and just really get more out of the guitar than they were at the time. I mean, the guy was so innovative. I mean, he was a black musician that headed up a white band. You know, the Jimi Hendrix experience was him leading Noel Redding and Mitch Mitchell, really until the record companies were like, yeah, no, we don't like this anymore. And they kind of threw him in there with black musicians and they called it, you know, Jimmy and the Gypsies. And it's a shame. But like I said, you know, he's very, very innovative. But if you really get down to it and listen to his guitar work again, I'm not going to say that, oh my God, this guy was a terrible guitarist. No, I think he was a very good guitarist. Borderlining on a great guitarist. The reason I rank him up at number eight, and I'm not putting him up any higher or really any lower, I think number eight's a good spot for him because I, I feel he, he, like I said, he was very innovative. He did a lot with that instrument that had never been done before, which inspired future generations to really kind of take their guitars and really push it to its boundaries. So he was kind of the first to do that. Again, not one of the greatest guitarists out there, but I think he's one of the greatest guitar innovators out there. And this is why he comes in at number eight. So coming in at number seven is a guy in a band that was a metal band that I used to love. I loved these guys back in the day. And they were a band that also utilized two lead guitarists, but this guy was leaps and bounds above his partner. And you know that's saying something when you hear who the band is and you hear who his partner is. I'm talking about Glenn Tipton from Judas Priest. <laughs>
So like I said, Glenn Tipton, you know, he he pretty much shared lead guitarist, uh, lead guitarist duties with K.K. Downing. And K.K. Downing is an amazing guitarist. I mean, you listen to any Priest album, any Priest song. I mean, sometimes it's kind of hard to tell, you know, where K.K. stops and Glenn starts. But if you really, really listen to it, you, you really can pick up, you know, Glenn Tipton's work. Because he's incredibly fast. I mean, I feel he's probably one of the fastest guys on this list, but he's not wild and out of control. It's it's fast and it's precise. And, you know, it's it's just his wrists and solos are just absolutely killer. I mean, again, Judas Priest was a band that I absolutely adored and worshipped back in the day. You know, I listen to him now and I know why I love these guys. I mean, again, from Rob Halford all the way down. These were very, very talented musicians. Why did they catch my attention more so than Iron Maiden? I don't know, but they did. And this is why Glenn Tipton comes in at number seven. Okay, number six. Now, the guy I put in at number six, he moved around on my list a lot. At one point, he was actually number one. Uh, he made it into the top three. But when I really looked at like these next batch of guitars coming up, I was like, Number six, a good spot for him. Not a member of any band. I mean, this guy was a, a pure instrumentalist. He taught a few guys on this list. Um, he came out in a time when instrumental, like guitarists were putting out a lot of instrumental work and just were kind of being known for being instrumentalists. So coming in at number six is Joe Satriani. But I like <laughs> So like I said, around this time, you had guys like Ingve Malmsteam, who, yeah, he was associated with some bands, but he was also known as a soloist. You also had Steve Vai, who was taught by Joe Satriani, and you had Joe Satriani. The reason Joe Satriani is on here and Steve Vai is not is because I think Steve Vai is a very cocky guy. I think he's a very cocky guitar player. Is he a good guitar player? Sure, absolutely. Is, a, is he a great guitar player? In my opinion, uh, I don't know. I was never really inspired or really kind of dug his sound. But Joe Satriani, when I first heard Surfing with the Alien, I was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? And, you know, how can I learn how to play guitar like him? I mean, he is just he's a master technician. Most of the techniques that a lot of these guys on this list use, it seems like he knows them all and he's highly, highly skilled. He's a very precise player. He's 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 precise, but it doesn't sound robotic. It doesn't sound fabricated or manufactured. I mean, he plays with fire. He plays with passion. And he's, I think, to date, you know, out of sort of like these guitar, like these instrumentalists, he's the top-selling guy out there. I mean, ask any guitar player who Joe Satriani is. is they'll, they'll probably give you a thumbs up. I mean, he totally deserves to be on my list. And I feel that number six is a good spot for him. All right, we are in the top five. And again, like I said, this 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 was the trouble spot. You know, this top five, putting people in, pulling people out, rearranging the order, 
But like I said, I made my top five. I let it sit for a week. I looked it over and I'm very, very happy with it. So coming in at number five is a guy that some people might not. Well, I hope you know this guy. He might not be as familiar as a lot of the other guys on this list, but he totally deserves to be here. He totally deserves to be at number five. And again, when I was in high school, this guy wasn't getting started. I mean, he's been around since the late 60s. But he kind of had a resurgence in the mid to late 80s uh, into the early 90s. And he was a guitarist that I was like, who is this guy? Like, he's phenomenal. And coming in at number five is Jeff Beck. I'm not a bad man, just ambitious. I'm not a bad man, just ambitious. So like a lot of other people on this list, like especially like a Jimi Hendrix, you know, he pushed the boundaries of his guitar. Um, he definitely he used effects or actually, no, I, I take that back. I'm sorry. He did push the boundaries of his guitar, but he did it without effects. That's what I meant to say. Um, it's really his technique, you know, his use of slides and tremolo, uh, adjusting the volume on the fly on his guitar that produced a lot of these unique sounds and effects without using feedback or distortion or pedals or anything like that. You know, he kind of did it all by hand. And to me, he's he's one of these great guitarists that you just never really hear about. And, and I really feel it's a shame. I mean... Just listen to his solo work. Listen to his his stuff that you know he he did with other groups, and you'll see why this guy deserves to be at number five. Okay, coming in at number four is a guitarist that now most of the guitarists on this list pretty much play Fender. You know, Fender is kind of like the go-to guitar for a lot of these people. But this guy, no, nah, he doesn't play a Fender. This guy is the reason why I would actually consider picking up a Gibson, a Gibson Epiphone, and rocking it. I'm not putting on the schoolboy outfit, but coming in at number four is Angus Young of ACDC. Okay, what can I say about Angus Young? I remember watching, you know, when MTV got its start and, and a lot of bands started making music videos and ACDC had been around in, in, in the late 70s. And even before, you know, music videos were a thing, they were kind of making them and they continued to make them. And I saw Angus Young and I was just like, what the hell is this guy doing? And how is he making his guitar scream like that? I recently saw a TikTok where... um. It was sort of like uh, like bands kind of having to defend themselves, um, like where a guy would be like, uh, you know, why are you guys popular or something? And they got to ACDC and it was like, all right, ACDC, what do you got? And it's like, yeah, we're a rock band from Australia and uh, we play music about like uh, rock and roll and girls. And so, well, what else do you do? Uh, sometimes about gambling, but it's mostly rock and roll and girls. 
all right, what else you got? It's like, well, we got a guitarist that when he plays his guitar, it looks like it is literally causing him pain. He will throw himself to get, he will throw himself to the ground and gyrate in agony as he plays his guitar. Oh, and he's going to wear a schoolboy uniform too, shorts and all. I mean, that's Angus Young. I mean, when you see him on stage, and I saw him, uh, concert footage of him when you know ACDC went around, Brian Johnson wasn't able to perform with them, and Axl Rose stepped in. I think he did an okay job. Um, Angus is still rocking schoolboy school uniform, and you know he's definitely in his late 60s, if not his early 70s, and he's still flailing around the stage, and he's still playing the hell out of his guitar, and this is why this guy comes in at number four. Okay, so coming in at number three is a guitarist that I heard the band, I love the band, I dug the sound, and aside from their lead singers, because they went through a few, I really didn't know who else was in the band, but I always loved the guitar sound of them, and I had to look it up and say, God, who, who plays guitar for these guys? Coming in at number three is Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath. <laughs> To me, this is this guy's the godfather of metal guitar. Now, is he as fast and hard as a lot of the guys on this list? No, but he definitely inspired them to do that. So, you know, the story on on Tony Iommi here is, uh, you know, when he was starting out, you know, he's a musician and everything, but like most struggling musicians, guy had to have a job. You know, you got to pay the bills, you got to get some money for practice space and equipment and whatnot. And he worked, uh, he worked in a steel factory, I believe. And uh, somehow, I don't know, you know, it was an accident. He somehow got his hand caught in something, but he, he lost the tips of his index and middle fingers. And he pretty much built himself like custom fingertips, basically. And because of that, it totally changed the way he played guitar. He had to learn how to become fast all over again. And the thing is, is he sounds very, very fast, but when you actually watch him play, it's it's more of you know i call it like economy of motion um he plays incredible fast riffs but it doesn't look like he's working very hard when he does it it's just he has such solid technique and like i said black sabbath tony iomi i mean these guys were the godfathers of heavy metal uh, i'm sure a lot of like the heavy metal guys on my list definitely look to tony iomi as an inspiration and this is why he comes in at number three all right, so the guy coming in at number two was a big influence on me. One of the reasons, again, why I wanted to pick up a guitar back in high school going into college. When I saw him play, I actually shouldn't say when I saw him play, when I heard him play, when I heard him make his guitar wail, I was just like, I, I wish, I wish. If there was, I'm going to be very honest. If there was anybody on this list that, you know, if, if, I could somehow have the guitar ability of anybody on this list. I think I'm taking it from this guy. Coming in at number two, Stevie Ray Vaughan.
So Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, he mixed a lot of styles, uh, blues, jazz, rock, Texas rock, Texas blues. I mean, he just wove them. And like I said, he, he made his guitar scream. He made his guitar wail. He made his guitar cry from playing incredibly fast to playing imp- incredibly slow and, and mournful and melancholy. I mean, like I said, if you want to know what blues is all about, listen to B.B. King and listen to the way he makes his guitar almost almost cry. If you just if you just want to know how great guitar playing could really inspire a feeling in you, listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Just li- and, and listen to every listen to you know his fast jams. Listen to his slow jams. I mean, he will inspire such passion and feeling in you. I mean, I I really struggled. He, for a while, was number one on my list. And when I tell you who number one is, I mean, it was a tough act to beat. But like I said, if there was anybody in the world, like like I said, if I could be granted the, the, the guitar ability of anybody in the world, I really think I would ask to be Stevie Ray Vaughan. And that's why he comes in at number two. All right, here we are. Number one. So, you know, you've made it all the way through. You've heard some names. You probably have a good idea of who I have here at number one. I really don't think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Now, here's the thing. He was definitely on my list. He was always in my top 10. For some reason, I never really had him too close to the number one position, but I really thought about it. I really went back and I listened to a lot of music. And again, I wasn't exactly the biggest fan of this band. But he was definitely an inspiration on guitar. And number one, no surprise, I don't think this is a surprise, is Eddie Van Halen. to me i wasn't a big fan of their music but when i would hear him play it's like he blew my mind i mean he totally totally blew my mind i mean he did things with the guitar that i i thought were impossible fast fingers fast hammer-ons double hammer-ons double tapping i mean he really could do it all and it looked so effortless i mean you watch him play on stage you watch him play in music videos he looks like he's just having a good old time he's laughing he's smiling like it's no big deal to him i mean he just had he just had he was an amazing talent and again I wasn't a big Van Halen fan, but I was definitely an Eddie Van Halen fan. I mean, the guy was so great. He designed and built his own guitar because he knew what he wanted. He knew what he wanted his guitar to sound like. And he just was like, the heck with it. I'm building my own guitar. This is why Eddie Van Halen comes in at number one. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know it all. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) 